welcome to the Victorious Living Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Nakia Young, and we have a very, very special guest with us today. And you see her lovely face. I'm going to tell you a few things about her. The lovely Miss J is a co-host on Joyce Meyer's Talk It Out podcast that approximately 6 million people have downloaded. So if you do not know, get in the know. It's a great <laughs> podcast. Co-host on Joyce Meyer's Enjoying Everyday Life, syndicated in two-thirds of the world and translated in over 100 languages. She's a singer, songwriter. Do you still act, Jay? I do. I do. I love it. Listen, <laughs> you name it, she does it, okay? <laughs> Amazing mom. She's been nominated for a hip-hop album of the year. You've seen her or heard her or both with Lecrae, Tripoli, Tadashi. She is just, listen... We'll be here all day reading. Listen, <laughs> she is all the things. And I am so excited to have Jay. Welcome, Yay. welcome. Thanks for having me. So glad to be here. Oh, you are so welcome. So <laughs> we're today, you all, we're just having sister chat, okay? We need well it. After the day we didn't have. Listen, okay. <laughs> well, again, thank you for having me on here. And um, for those that don't know my story, again, my name is Jay and I live in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am a 40-year-old woman who was a virgin until marriage and um, recently have, have gone through divorce. And so mm -hmm. I was married almost 20 years and for it to just all of a sudden come crumbling down was something that was uh, not only life altering, it was traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, it was faith shaking. It was also um, what I'm learning, maybe one of the best things that ever happened to me because I'm evolving into who God wants me to truly be right now. Mm -hmm. um, but just taking it back a little bit, like I said, I'm from St. Louis. I'm a passive kid. So uh, any PKs listening, hey, PKs. <laughs> we can all talk about all of those stories on a whole nother podcast because it's different being a pastor's kid. It, there are good times, but there are also lots of um, bad times, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and trying to live up to that idea of perfection um, or either the extreme opposite of being the trouble kid. Cause you know, like you either are the, the straight A student or you're the, the wild and out kid when uh -huh. people think of pastor's kids. And so I always tried to lean towards trying to live towards perfection. I was one of those people that really didn't feel like grace really needed me much because mm -hmm. I didn't make many mistakes. You know, I intentionally, you know, tried to live a life of purity, and the like straight and narrow and um yeah so then when I was 11 I met my ex um at the time the love of my life and I was 11 years old and knew that I was in love with this guy and um we were the same height at the time because I was only 11 but he kept growing I'm only 5'1 and <laughs> he grew to be 6'7 and by the time I was 19 he had already done a lot of trash in his life <laughs> and mm. at one point I remember telling him, you could never be my spiritual leader just because he was wilding out so bad. And, um, but I, I forgave him because he was also like family from the very beginning because we'd known each other for so long. He and his mom had gone to our church for so long. And then um, when I was 20, we got married. My dad kind of forced us to get married. We were engaged and, and, and I was born and raised in Church of God in Christ. So I was mm. Pentecostal background. Um, very, very traditional, very, very um, 
legalistic, honestly, where like we couldn't even wear red, we couldn't wear pants. Um, back in the day, my parents couldn't even go to the movies, like things like that. Yeah. And so um having having a long um having a long um engagement wasn't something that the church really smiled upon even though i was a virgin wasn't thinking about sex wasn't thinking about doing anything like that i was very focused on my schooling and i because i had you know accelerated in school so quickly i was in my junior year of college and i really wasn't trying to get married i was like i, I want to commit to this person but I don't want to be married yet. I don't want the, because I was a cheerleader. I was about to start yeah. cheering for a semi-pro team. And so that that part plays a, a big role in the story um, because my father's control and who he was as a pastor, um, mm-hmm. I, I pretty much distorted the voice of God for my dad's voice. And so wow. I leaned towards, okay, if my dad says it, then that means God said it. I really didn't seek God for myself. I would pray, but then I'd also talk to my parents and I would listen to my dad. And so my dad was basically like, either you're going to marry him now or um, you're you're not going to be with him. And so in my mind, I wow. really thought he had that kind of control over my life. Where I was like, okay, cool. All right, we won't, we won't do the marriage thing. Fine. Like, that's not what we're going to do. I mean, we're not, not the marriage thing. We're not going to do the long, Engagement. I don't I didn't yeah. want to be I didn't want to be married to him until after I finished college because mm-hmm. I was the first person in my family to go from to a four year college in four years. And then I wanted to go straight to grad school. So I wanted a six year span of being dedicated to schooling. And so um, that rightfully so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, like I wanted to just stay focused on it and of course and reach other goals as well. Mm-hmm. But little did I know I would be married my, my, my the summer of my junior year. And then my whole senior year, I ended up pregnant. Like I was fertile Myrtle and got pregnant really quickly. Like we got pregnant, like my third month of being married. And so wow. girl, like that escalated quickly. <laughs> girl. And so I'm walking around my senior year of college, huge. Look, I felt like, the thing that I tried not to be being a virgin all through high school was like, you know, I didn't want to be a teen mom. I, my mom was a teen mom and she told me all of her difficulties of going to school and things like that while being pregnant. And I didn't want that for me, but I still felt like that. I felt like a part of my college experience was somewhat robbed by the fact that I had to submit my body, which I wasn't ready for sexually. I wasn't ready for sex at all. My body wasn't ready. Like my first night of having sex, I was like this, like tense, you know. <laughs> I was just not ready for it mentally yeah. at all. And so, right. um, yeah. And so then fast forward, um, we lived a, a, a churchy Christian life. I've done lots of things toward with lots of people, Mary, Mary, like you said, Lecrae, all these awesome people and um, done a lot of things in marketing, done a lot of things in ministry, worked with even like T.D. Jakes. And like you said, Joyce Meyer, um, done some amazing things around the world, but still married and super faithful, never cheated, even though I was on these tours with these some of these raggedy men that was did not care that I was married. Did not care that I was married, but I was so faithful that I just even look it off. But then um I remember having to have a hysterectomy in 2017. They wow. found fibroids that they thought could potentially be cancerous. And so um we removed them and I had to have a hysterectomy. I was how old was I? Because I'm 40 now. Do the math, y'all. But <laughs> I'll be 41 in a couple months. But um, but yeah, I had to have a hysterectomy. And I just felt also things in my marriage were really different. Like my, my ex had built this brand for him and I put my whole heart into our marriage and our family and our ministry. I'd just gotten our nonprofit 
up and going. Um, and then uh, he was on the road a lot doing ministry work. Uh, he was praying for people, healing. It was like lots of healing. He was super anointed with that. And then um, I just felt that like God was tugging at my heart to tell me something wasn't right. And but whenever I would confront him, he would deny it. And so that happened for almost three years. And then finally, I was just like, God, before 2020 comes into like 2020, I was a worship pastor at a huge church in St. Louis and in West Palm Beach. And they wanted to do an entire revival about 2020 clarity. Every church wanted to do 2020 clarity. Yeah. Because I was the global 2020 vision. 2020 vision. <laughs> it's our time to talk about vision and clarity. I get it. Get, 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 you know, so 2020 was like, watch this. <laughs> Yo, y'all want to talk about clarity? Watch this shut down, okay? 2020 had a plan for us too, okay, baby? <laughs> so um, we did the whole, re- uh, before we did the revival, I was like, I have to go on a fast. So I went on a 20-day fast. I didn't eat anything, just drank mm-hmm. water. And I was like, God, you got to show me what's going on because something's not right in my marriage. Mm-hmm. He seems happier when he's out doing ministry than he is with me. Like something is not okay. And I started having dreams, y'all. 2020 clarity, here we go. Mm-hmm. And so I started seeing things and then I found out, come fast forward through the whole thing. He was having an affair uh, with one of my close friends that was married to another close friend. Like, and so um, they had been having an affair since for about three years. And then uh, I was because of all of my trauma that I had from being a pastor's kid with my dad. Um, and, you know, just in life that I brought to my marriage, I was willing to work it out with him because I understood that, whatever led him to that place of wanting something different. I was a part of that. I was a part of the demise of our, our marriage being broken. Now him cheating, I ain't got nothing to do with that. You know, him getting in somebody's bed, I ain't got nothing to do with that, you know, yeah. but I was willing to own my part of it and go through counseling and seek help. Even though I told myself, if, if, I, if my man ever be cheat, if he ever cheat on me, I'm done. And I'm busting window. I wanted the whole moment. I didn't do none of that y'all. I didn't do none of that. But then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, then and he ended up moving me, moving out on me on Valentine's Day and uh, served me with papers and moved to a whole nother state. And now he's remarried. So talk about life being turned upside down. My daughter's now in college, so I'm by myself and starting oh my. over at 40. So like what was my whole foundation for the past 20 years has completely changed. So, yeah, that took a lot longer than what you thought, but that's and no, I could have longer changed. I know. No, you did a good job because that was like a whole season, season. season truncated into a few minutes. It's like you binge watched a whole season. Oh, ain't that something? Look, I gotta take a drink. Of- Look, okay, because that's a lot. And I, you spoke some. There's a whole lot we can pick apart there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew you. I heard you mention before that you got married young. And everyone would just kind of assume, oh, they probably because, you know, she got pregnant. And then, you know, the church is like, if you get pregnant, you get married. It's not no discussion. That's it. So it's very interesting that you talk about how, no, like you were a virgin. It was not like anything like that. Didn't even know what that thing looked like. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I was such a virgin on my wedding night. I'm in the bathroom at the hotel spazzing out like oh god what am I about to do with that I don't know I was like ooh can we just watch movies oh don't know what to do with it whoo that's and that's a lot and we laughing but no seriously like just 
There is not the church. That's a whole other podcast. That, that ain't it though? Like because here's the thing: the <laughs> church does not prepare you for sex. I didn't at even all. know what my anatomy looked like either because I thought even looking at my myself was, was going probably to wrong the hell. Yeah, was going to make me a pervert and send me to hell. Like that's mm-hmm. how. But this is why now, post all of this, I'm able to look back and through a lot of therapy and a lot of time with God, meditation, praying, and just really self-reflecting, I'm able to look back and say, like, okay, I even started this with my daughter. Like, I made sure, like, I talked about all of this stuff with her from an early age because I never want another young lady that, for the sake of Christianity, not even know her own body. Mm -hmm. I didn't even go to the gynecologist until I was like, I think I'm supposed to go there before I get married. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. to do, <laughs> you know? So like, what do I do? exactly. Yeah. But that's one of those things too, where life at that point, my life had flipped upside down because I'm like, I go from not even caring about that kind of stuff to then all of a sudden now having the pressure of being like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to be a wife. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to give my body to some, I have to be naked in front of somebody. Like, <laughs> you know? like what? Like, what am I, like, so all of a sudden I'm supposed to go from a nun to a stripper. I don't know. Right, right. It's like, we spend so much time being told we can't even wear lipstick. We can't wear, you know, nothing like as church girls. And then it's like, now all of a sudden you just, so somebody's supposed to just flip a light switch and it's just like, woo, I'm sexy. Like, what? I'm supposed to drop it. What does that even look like? Honey, I don't even know what I'm dropping. (laughs) Drop it like it's hot. I don't even know. I don't even know how to warm it up. I don't know. I don't know how to drop it like it's hot. It's not even warm. I don't know what I'm doing. Like nobody yeah. taught me this in Sunday school. When nobody, all of a sudden, like you know, immaculate conception. That's what I heard. You know what I mean? Like nobody talk about all that stuff. So yeah, that was my first one of my biggest traumatic. It was tra- it was traumatizing, and it honestly set my marriage up for failure. Mm. Like it really did. Looking back, even though we lasted for a very long time, like like I said, almost twenty years. The the we were two months shy of, mm-hmm. oh wait, no, one month shy of 20 years when we, when we divorced. And so, um, yeah, like the, the church has to take some responsibility. Mm-hmm. When I say the church, I'm talking about religion, like the religious westernized church yeah. has to take some responsibility in some ownership in, in a lot of these like failed marriages because of my ignorance I didn't even know how to even please my husband. I didn't know what that was. But all of a sudden, I'm supposed to know automatically. Osmosis. You're just supposed to, yeah. What 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 osmosis with the Bible? I'm supposed to put the Bible on my head and figure it out. (laughs) What? And because even when I was young, I would try to read the song of Solomon and I would get in trouble for that. I'm like, see. (laughs) Mama, what does he mean that her breasts are like like you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know. So yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But yes, that I think it did have something to do with the failure of my marriage. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Now let's keep it clear. When I say that, I'm not giving him a pass on cheating on me because there's no no reason. It's not to okay. Yeah. It's not okay. There's no yeah. justification. There's no reason. He can't blame it on the church. He can't blame it on my daddy, my trauma, me, my attitude. Nothing. That ain't got nothing to do with it because all that stuff can be talked about, dealt with, and healed and move forward. Or we could come to a decision where an agreement where we, we can both agree that this marriage isn't working and we can part, sep- you know, separate and part away. Yeah. Amicably. Yeah. We, there's no reason to cheat. There's just none yeah. whatsoever. So there's, there's my TED talk. Girl. And there's a lot to pick apart in terms of the, the boundaries that 
oftentimes the way we're taught in church, we're not even taught that now every now boundaries is fashionable. Now boundaries is like this cool buzzword. Trending word, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, boundaries. But we see you're 40, I'm 41. I do not claim millennial. I don't. I actually get offended when people call me a millennial. Right. Because my parents were born in the 1940s. And so just by virtue of that, there's no way I could be a millennial. <laughs> like right. if you have old school parents. Right. You got an old soul, honey. You actually you have, 55. Yes. You 55. <laughs> yes. There was no boundaries. There was no, because I said so, that's it. So it was just like your parents' word was what it was. And so the way you talk about your dad is just like, you got to get married. And you just like, okay, then I got to get married. Like kids today would just be like, no, mom, I'm not getting married. And no, like we would, you know, our if generation. Yes. My dad would have actually physically hurt me. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we got slapped a lot. Our generation, <laughs> it was not no talking back. No, not none yeah. whatsoever. And, you know, God bless my parents. They did the best that they could. They only did what um, they saw. They they tried to do better than what they experienced and saw themselves. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep in mind, and this is why when, even when I talk about, on even on like platforms like Joyce Meyer, you know, with that mm-hmm. huge organization, and I'm the only person of color on the talk show. Um, mm-hmm. and And I represent so many people that don't really get to speak about this on Christian platforms as far as like how racism and even slavery, I don't like to go too far back into that too much to dig too deep, but you think about it. My dad's mom was raised by my great grandma who used to also get pick cotton. Right. You know, like yeah. you, you feel That's like, real. you feel like it's so removed, it's but not. it's not. And so her way of shut your mouth, don't ask questions because she didn't want to get beat by her owner. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something we like to talk about. She's the person that raised the woman who raised my dad. Yeah. You have to think about the fact that even my dad, who didn't know any better, you know, hit us often to the point it, it, like that it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. But he also was very dogmatic when it came to what, what, what I say goes. Mm-hmm. You know, what I say goes. You don't ask questions and then put on top of that layer, like you can understand, like my dad's a pastor. So then mm-hmm. those those voices are distorted when mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was God talking or dad talking. Is this yes. traumatized father <laughs> or ordained pastor? You know, like, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, there's a lot to unpack with things like that. And I think we need to yeah. talk about those types of things more often, you know, mm-hmm. and not just during Black History Month, but that it has directly affected people like me that were raised by people that were raised by people that were raised by people that were owned by white people, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a whole situation. Just trying to make sure your children know, excuse me. I'm like sniffling girl. I got a lot going on. Um, <laughs> but just okay. to make sure your children know that they have a voice. Yeah. My mother was very like, I got to make sure my child has a voice. So my mother, she did better at not being so dogmatic, but my parents split when I was two. So my mom was a single mom. And then her sisters, I had like a team of mothers. It was weird. So my mom would just be like trying to be loving and understanding. I would say about 75 to 80% of the whoopings I got as a child was from people that wasn't even my mama. 
It's just you I need to whoop her. My teach, my principal, my teacher. <laughs> well, my teacher used to have her her ruler wrapped in uh, electrical tape and soaking. See, she would go around the room. We like, pop it with the yardstick, like go get a switch. Who yeah. are you? Oh, you, 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 mother, mother, boring. Okay, at church. Okay, uh, like yeah. everybody had license to spank you. <laughs> These kids today, they have no idea. Community yeah, butt whoopings were a real thing. So yeah, it wasn't. Are. Your parent could be the most understanding parent ever, but it's just like it was this understanding. And I miss certain aspects of that era because now we've gone all the way to the other extreme where can't nobody tell me nothing. And everybody's just hands off, and these kids are just like terrorizing the community. So it's just like we done extreme. Be balanced. There yeah. needs to be balanced, but um, the fear that that instilled in our generation, mm-hmm. you know, it 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 caused us to raise our children lawlessly. Different. Yeah, be- because like, and not me, like I mean, but the majority of my friends mm-hmm. have raised their kids that are my my daughter's peers quite lawlessly because they were so traumatized by the abuse and, yeah. and, and you know, that we received when we were younger. Yeah. And so they didn't want, they wanted to be nothing like that with, with their children. So they've completely abandoned ship when it comes to any kind of discipline. But that fear mm-hmm. is what forced me into marrying at that point when I honestly didn't want to get married for at least another four years. And like, then had you done, had you waited and done it the timeline you wanted to do it, God could have revealed to you that this is not the person you should, you should marry. Or maybe you should get married, but I need some time to develop some character things in you and develop some character things in him. Yeah. And then bring y'all together. And then things could have went differently. You never it, know. I might not have married him at all. Like, right. You could have, God could have showed you somebody else. Exactly. And one of the things that I was that I noticed, one of the reasons why I was okay with it was because he had kind of like cheated on me as teenagers before. And I was like, I need to see if you can handle a long term engagement because a marriage is a lifetime. So what my parents did with with forcing me to get married at that point, they robbed me of the the discernment that I had for my own self. Like they and I used to say to my ex sometimes, like, I really felt like you were my piece of chicken. But I, I got that chicken too soon, and it gave me salmonella. You know? <laughs> it wasn't cooked yet. It wasn't done. <laughs> it wasn't done cooking. And so yeah. I ate it too soon, and now I'm sick, you know? Mm. And so um, I do think my parents robbed me of that 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 period that I, that I felt like I needed for our yeah. relationship, you know? So, yeah. Ooh, girl, I'm looking at my questions, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Because we it's so much. Now, as you're going forward, and I'm sure reflecting on a lot of life lessons that you learned, because, you know, you can pick apart, you know, how things in your upbringing set you up for that. You can pick apart um, just how you accepted some things that, let's talk about that. How you accepted some things that the you you are today since going through that, you're like, I shouldn't have accepted that. Tell me about that. Oh man, there are so many things in my my marriage that I know who I am now won't mm-hmm. won't tolerate. Um, yeah. There was this wonder in 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 being and seeing the potential mm-hmm. in him, 
that I was mm. willing to put my things aside to help him move forward mm. and to help build what he needed to be, because I loved him so much. Yeah. Never again will I put my things aside and the things that God's placed on my heart and that he's created me to do mm-hmm. to help a man. <laughs> that that doesn't mean that I'm not going to help a man. That doesn't mean right. that. But it doesn't mean you have to put yourself on a sacrificial altar of sorts. Yeah. Exactly. I'll never do that again. I'll never pause the momentum that, that was divine. Yeah. I, paused it. I put a screeching halt to what God was doing. I had just gotten, I remember when I had just gotten um, offered a huge record deal um, and I paused it to, wow. to, to help him build his brand and build his ministry and build his nonprofit that's no longer in existence. You know, like, wow. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I paused at least five years just to focus on him. And most of the things oh that I did for him in that time frame don't exist. And that's, that's, that's a risk you're going to have to take whenever you invest in someone, whether mm-hmm. it be monetarily, creatively, spiritually, whatever. Um, you you risk the, 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 the chance of it not bearing fruit, you know, yeah. that's, what, that's what a risk is. And so, but I will never again, for the sake of love, yeah. um, pause what I know God's telling me to do. I won't do it. I, I just will not do it anymore. So that's one thing. Um, my health, my um my physical health yeah. i will never let myself just go ever mm. again. um uh because he didn't care if i wore baggy clothes or he did, he wanted me to wear baggy clothes or he didn't he didn't care if if i wore makeup or not or things like that i like that stuff for myself yeah never again will i i look back sometimes at some of my photos even when i was married and i'm like who was i like mm. what happened to me, the person I was before I married him, you know, and I see myself coming back naturally now mm-hmm. and I will never allow myself, even with think, I mean, of course my weight going to fluctuate because I'm a, I'm a black woman and I'm curvy and whatever. <laughs> I like yeah. chicken sometimes and ain't nobody going to stop me from doing that. But as far <laughs> as like balancing it out and working out and drinking my water and, you know, like, eating healthy, you know, and just balance. I'll never put that on hold for the sake of being comfortable with a man ever again. Like I look Mm -hmm. at myself in pictures after I had my daughter and I went through such a depression state. Um, and that because I was so drastically changed from being a cheerleader, a size zero one to instantly becoming like a one zero. (laughs) Like it was like, like my body went through such a huge change at that time that I just felt ugly. Um, and Mm -hmm. never again will I tolerate being with someone that I'm committed to um, and them not affirm me while I'm at my lowest. Like wow. If, if we love in each other, like he yeah. never, my, my ex never talked badly to me, but he never spoke me up. He never made me feel like a queen. He never made me feel beautiful. Yeah. You know, you know, it, I, the same way I'm going to uplift my man next, next go around. Mm-hmm. I need him match that energy yes keep that same energy keep that energy up here even when I go through my fluctuation of weight or when I take my weave out my you know you you see me in my natural state I still need you to think I'm fine you know like I'm gonna Mm -hmm. get finer but I still need you to (laughs) tell me I remember one stylist of mine was so mad when I was married um I was walking the red carpet at like the the double wars or something um 
and he had custom made a dress for me and it was like a bodycon dress and I was probably like just a, I was probably like a size eight my goal my goal size now you know like I was probably like a size eight at the time but I still had that pouch with you know that little stomach pooch. The baby that pouch was, that baby can only pouch. be surgically removed. <laughs> and uh, because and then yeah. I had that C-section on top of it, so it was just hanging over. You know, it's just she just was hanging out. You know, and so I call it the kangaroo pouch, honey. But I'm gonna <laughs> get her snip, snip, snap off. Okay, she going somewhere. As soon as I get my coin up, this baby is out of here. Hey. But I'm saying, but at that time. I didn't want to wear that bodycon dress because I didn't like how it looked. I was like, I still look pregnant, even though my daughter's like five at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, looked at my ex-husband. He was like, he should be rubbing that stomach and telling you that you're beautiful. And thank you for bringing life to my child. Thank wow. you. You know? Yeah. So once he said that to me, that helped me realize like, that's the standard I have for myself moving forward. Everything mm-hmm. that I'm insecure about, grant you, I need to find my security in Christ alone, honestly, and, you know, find my own self-worth and self-love. But whoever I'm sharing life with moving forward does need to affirm me when you know that I'm insecure about a thing. So those are the things. That is, that's huge. That is, I'm so glad you said that because as women, we can be hard on ourselves because society just has these crazy standards of beauty that are like impossible for women to live exactly. up to. But the person who is our person, for better or for worse, they should always be gassing us up. Like, I will say this. That's that's something that I never really thought about until you said it just now, because that's kind of always been my norm. And over the years that Rodney and I have been married, he has always not just nothing fake about it. He has always loved every stage. And I have been like Oprah Winfrey, like this, her show, she said one time on her show, she was like, she got every size in the world in her closet. I promise, like, throughout the course of our marriage, there have been some sizes that I just don't never want to see again. And when I was that size, he was just like, you so beautiful. And I go back and I look at them pictures and I'm like, I ought to slap you. I was looking like the Michelin man. You sitting here talking about I was beautiful. You Boy, why would you set me up for failure like that? He was like, but you always been beautiful to me. And I'm just like, okay, we're going to have some balance with this. Cause <laughs> right, like, so I'm not- glad you think so, but sir. I'm glad you think I'm, I'm cute. But uh, don't let me get that fluffy no more. Don't let me do that. <laughs> right. For my own health. You know, for my health. Like, don't let yes. me. <laughs> yes. I want to yeah. know what spiritual tools, what natural tools you have been using to deal with this, I would call it a tsunami of tragic events. Because you were going through this divorce in 2020 yeah. as the world around us was falling apart. It's just like, yeah. okay, divorce, pandemic. George Floyd riots. Yeah. yeah. My daughter was in her senior year of high school having a whole breakdown of like, I can't even go to school my senior year. So that yeah. trauma, you know, um, like you said, the riot, like rioting and mm-hmm. it was nuts. And then uh, for me also, I was working full time at a church, like I said before, mm-hmm. um, and we pivoted from work, from the meeting and gathering physically to online and we were considered essential um Mm. as church workers and so I was still I was working probably more during the pandemic than I worked period like in 
honestly, if you're in ministry, you know that like I was working probably about 60 hour weeks anyway. Yeah. Um, because you, you work, but then you have to go to every service too. And you're on, you're at work at service too. So, um, but during the pandemic, we, we pivoted to everything digital because I was the creative and worship pastor. Like I had to create content. We were basically on a digital revival online. Mm. So I was exhausted. I was um, emotionally drained, felt so much betrayal. Um, yeah. And because the church was so concerned with making sure that we had content that compared with the other churches online, because so many people were church hopping digitally during the yeah. pandemic that um, they, they still were, are. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. more concerned about that than they were about my spiritual well-being. Yikes. Um, and I was dying. And so I had to quit that, quit working at that church, even though it was my primary salary. And one thing I don't really talk about much is that my ex actually took my car and forged my signature to get a new car before he left me. So he left me with no car. And at the time, because I was working at the church, the church had vehicles that I was driving. But when I quit the church, I didn't have a car. So then I had to try to, during the pandemic, get a car. It was just. Oh, my God. And that's another thing when we talked about before we went on break about things I would tolerate and won't tolerate. I will not tolerate putting everything in my name ever again. And I did that Mm. off of love and because I knew him um, like and I knew he was building his credit up and I knew I had great credit that um, I put everything in my name in, but when he was able to leave that, when he left our divorce, he left me with everything, the house, the cars, everything other than the one he forged my signature for. So it's just a lot of things that I've changed and grown and I'll never do that again, you know? (laughs) But some of the things that helped me were things that I didn't even think would help me. Um, I really expected the church to speak up more, but because the church is so uncomfortable, with divorce in the church, infidelity in the church, that the church was silent. The church was quiet because the church didn't want to look like they were picking sides. They left me to fight for this by myself. And I've seen it so many times with women, um, especially. Excuse the background noise. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that's fine. That's fine. I know that baby is is up. (laughs) And so, um, like, I see it in the church too often where the pastor or the preacher has an affair and the wife just has to fade in the distance because people don't people want to keep liking the sermons and liking mm-hmm. the posts and acting like nothing's happening when the woman is trying to put her pieces of her life back together so I yeah. went the route of a lot of therapy because like yeah. I said earlier a big part of what I wanted to do because I didn't want to come out of this bitter and I didn't yeah. want to come out of this I wanted to be able to get into another relationship and be happy about it Mm-hmm. Um, but I needed to, I knew I needed to heal from some of my childhood trauma. And so, um, and not just childhood trauma, but trauma, even from the marriage and, yeah. you know, the, and the friendship, cause you have, you lost a friend too. I lost two friends because keep wow. in mind that the woman he was having the affair with was a friend of mine. And, you know, and so I lost the betrayal of a friend and my best friend, you know? So it's like, that was traumatic for me. So I went through a lot of therapy. I had a Christian counselor that could always speak word over me, but I also had a regular one that if I didn't want to always say the, the churchy words, I could say whatever I really needed to feel because I did what I didn't want to do is go through this the Christian way so mm-hmm. that I can look good to other people. Yeah. Like I, I just, I want it when you're in a situation like that and you feel so muzzled, like and you feel like you have no one. Yeah. I just, wanted to be healed by whatever means necessary. And I, it wasn't pretty. 
It was not pretty. There were times where I was just snotting and crying. I thought about hurting myself. Like, I I just wanted life to end. I wanted it to end because um, I was so hurt and so distraught by it. So um, even to the point where I made a decision because I couldn't sleep without crying. I was miserable. My, my thoughts in my mind, and I prayed that God would give me blank sleep because I was dreaming so much. I didn't want to see anymore. Wow. That told me anymore. Like, I don't, I was mad at God that I even told like my therapist, I was like, I think I need to be tested for depression. I ended up being classified as depressed and I went on depression meds because I needed something to regulate my hormones. I was out mm-hmm. of whack. I was, and then with me having a hysterectomy, like my, my hormones were imbalanced. So I started getting vitamin infusions. Like there are things like that where chemically, like as women, we have to keep those things in mind. So yeah. I had to go on like estrogen and things like that to balance my hormones because they were so out of whack with the trauma on top mm-hmm. of me being 40 and like, you know, like really yeah. trying to, my body was, my body went through like, like it felt like an 18 wheeler hit me, <laughs> you know? So I had to do whatever it took to help me, you know, get, get through this. So most people want to hear me say that I went to all these church groups. No, it was COVID. I didn't want COVID. I didn't want nobody nasty germs. Yes. And I didn't trust the church because these people that he, the person he had an affair with was, was at the church. And so I, I, really, oh God. I didn't want nothing to do with no church stuff. Nothing. And so um, me and God were beefing because I felt like God was silent. Um, I felt like he was silent. I think I felt like he could have, he could have warned me. I felt like he could have stopped it. So me, we were beefing. Me and God were beefing. Yeah. Um, but one thing I did not let go of was, like I said, Christian counseling, um, but also I kept the group with Joyce. Like I kept a good group of women that love the Lord, but mm-hmm. that also were balanced enough to just be like, what do you want to do? Do you want to burn your dress? Yes, I do. I just don't <laughs> want don't say anything about Jesus to me right now. I just want to burn my dress, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just want, so you have to have friends in your life that are balanced, you yeah. know, that can be human with you and, and, and like go to a restaurant, have a girl's night. But then also if you need to pray, be able to take you in the bathroom and pray, you know, mm-hmm. like both. And so that's yeah. one thing that I kept that around. Another thing is I found people to to help. I found people and not when I say help, not help in the traditional way that I've usually done it, but telling my story while mm-hmm. I was going through it was something I felt found out helped people so much because yeah. I wanted to always want to tell their testimony after. After. Like after and God is good. Everything is fine. And I got a new car. And <laughs> I even told Joyce that. I said, Joyce, you always like to tell your stories after they didn't happen. Like, <laughs> what are you going through right now? Tell yeah. the folks you're having cataract surgery. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, and how do you feel about that right now? Yeah. Because it, what it did was make, because there were so few people that really talk about how they feel in the moment. Yeah. It made me feel like I was this terrible person for mm-hmm. wanting to. For feeling normal feelings. Yeah. Where I wanted to, I saw it in movies. I want to slash a tire. Like, I want to bust the window. I did. Yeah. But I wanted to. And I'm like, where are people that can make me know, like help me to know that this is normal to feel it in this moment. So talking mm-hmm. through the podcast has definitely helped me. Counselors helped me. Good Christian friends have helped me. Um, my prayer life was different, has been extremely different. A lot of times it's me not saying anything and allowing God mm-hmm. to talk to me. It's more like meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did use words, my thoughts were everywhere and jumbled and I didn't really want to talk to God that much. So I used an app called Trello. 
which is really a project management tool. But um, I had to organize my prayers because when I would talk to God, it, everything was just like, and why could, how could you feel like that? Listen, it'd be so, like that. So I had to organize my prayers and I put enemies, you know, things I'm mm-hmm. thankful for, things I love God to, to help me with, scriptures. But I did, like I said, enemies. I had to pray for them. I had to list their names out. I had a yeah. whole had a whole column with their name. So I had to get real organized with my prayers. Um, That's a good tip. Yeah. yeah I, I need to, to jot that down. That's a good yeah, one. I, I had to. I had to get organized with my prayers because my prayer time ended up sounding the exact same every time. Yeah. Um, because I was so hurt. But I knew afterwards, I'd be like, I know I had other stuff to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. You think you know my heart. But I wanted to feel more satisfied and gratified with my prayer. Like it was productive. <laughs> yeah. And I want, and so I then, so then I got comfortable pulling up my computer, opening up or opening up my, the app on my phone and like scrolling through and honestly putting on the whole arm of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have to put that on. You know, I had early morning prayers and evening prayers um, that I organized. Trello had helped me with a lot of that. It really did. It helped me to pray for our country. I was able to still pay. I feel good about that because I was still able to pray for the pandemic, the, you know, mm-hmm. the world. I was able to pray for the things that I know um, were on God's heart, too, and not make my prayers so selfish, you know, and yeah. it made me feel back like myself again because I didn't always pray about myself like that until I went through this trauma. So that yeah. helped me be more organized. I wrote prayer, I wrote scriptures out and sometimes I would put them in my shoes so I could literally be standing on the word. Like that sounds oh, crazy. Okay. No, it doesn't. That makes a lot of sense. I had to do anything that, that could keep me feeling like I was saved. Cause I was like, I don't feel like I'm saved. <laughs> Things I'm thinking. So I had to I'm like, having homicidal thoughts. I, Jesus. Like, Jesus. I'm feeling like Medea. You know, like I want to bust his head to the white I, Jesus. I unfollow anybody that I saw, but like any of his stuff. I'm like, block, block, block. That is real, girl. I'm like, oh, so y'all still liking his post and y'all know he cheated on me? Like, girl. Like, so I had to like disconnect for a little bit and then like do things like, I had post-it notes all over my mirrors, like tell, affirming myself. So mm-hmm. like affirmations, I had to say like, you are, you are beautiful. Like that, that affair was not because you're ugly, That it's not yeah. because you're a bad wife. You're a great mom. You're a great person. You're great. You know, I had to remind myself, I had to write those out when I would feel those good moments, write them out then. Yeah. Because when I felt better, like, mm. so I would stick post notes on my laptop. I would stick post notes on every mirror, every window, just so I could like see it around the place. So those are some practical things that I did. But putting on that whole armor every morning mm-hmm. was very, it was something I did intentionally. I did it for me and my daughter, um, while, especially while, and I try to do it every day, but yeah. like, especially while we were going through that season of the divorce part. Mm-hmm. I had to do that intentionally. And I'm so glad you talked about that because when you go through a breakup or just any failed relationship, it could be a friendship or anything, there's a message that gets communicated to you. And that person may never say it verbally, but just the fact that at one point they vowed to be there for you and then all of a sudden they switched up. 
it sends a message to you. Yes. And it's like loud, it's screaming at you, like somebody is shouting this message at you with a bullhorn. Yes. And if you don't combat the message or messages, because there's several messages that those kinds of experiences send to you. And if you don't counteract, if you don't talk back to the enemy when he's talking to you, yeah. through those messages, you'll internalize them. It's like, easy. It's very gonna, easy to do. You're gonna automatically do that. Like yeah. I was telling you, like, because everybody used to say, because I remember saying things like, I didn't want to go to church or go into certain social events because I'm like, I'm embarrassed. Like, mm. I'm embarrassed to go. And people, my girlfriends are like, girl, don't be embarrassed. You didn't do that. He did that. Yeah. Well, I'm embarrassed that he wasn't committed to me. Like, yeah. how, how yeah. can him cheating on me not embarrass me? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, yeah, he the one that should be held with his head hung low because he's the one who committed the adultery. However, yeah. I was committed on. And so it made yeah. me feel like I was ugly, like I wasn't worthy, like I wasn't enough. Like, mm. it took me back to the trauma of being in that bathroom the night of our wedding and not knowing what to do sexually when maybe he wasn't pleased sexually. Like, mm. maybe I could have done better with that. Maybe, you know, all you go through. Yeah. All of the things, every flashback over the course of the relationship of like moments where you were insecure, those are the times when it comes up the most. And so you have to be intentional with understanding that you have now, even though every day, but like, especially when you go through like a breakup or something like a a death in the family, any kind of huge trauma, you know, um, understand that it's a war zone. It's a battlefield and you have to dress appropriately spiritually because Satan's coming for your mind, for your heart, especially your mind. And that's why Joyce wrote that book, Battle for the Other Mind, because yes. it's in your mind. It's your thoughts. It's just thinking, thinking, and it, he attacks those every day. And so I had to be intentional with putting that on. And mm-hmm. um, because I knew there was a strategy, there were like board meetings in the spirit realm trying to attack me and my family. And and then and honestly, I know they celebrated when he actually committed the affair. I know the 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 the, the darkness team was like yeah, celebrating mm-hmm. because I know this that God told me this. That's one reason why I wasn't allowed to like file for divorce. God wouldn't allow me to. Mm-hmm. He told me, even though you're in your rights, within your rights to file, I will not let you. Mm-hmm. How because you don't want the blood of this on your hands. You don't wow. want the blood of this on your hands. He said, because what I had planned for you guys was going to affect so many people mm-hmm. in such a positive way. But because yeah. he, because he's clearly canceled that and killed that dream and killed that plan, I'm going to make, I'm going to turn this around for your good. And you still have a huge, beautiful plan ahead. Mm-hmm. But what I, that blood of that slaughter of your union has got to be on his hands completely. So, um, oh, that is deep. Ain't that deep? Mm. Like he showed me that he showed me like the blood on his hands. He's like, you don't want anything to do with that. Now, y'all don't come write me talking about some. Well, that's she trying to say women can't file for. She didn't say that. She said that's that. what God told well, her. No, because I should have <laughs> had the papers pulled up. Don't y'all even don't. Girl, if no people, I didn't did help a lot since all of this. I didn't help a lot of my friends. Girl, you better file. If God tell you not to, okay, no, I'm living vicariously through you. Then go on, go on, go on. <laughs> 
You want me, what you want? You want me to go to the courts with you? What you want me to do? You know, Girl. I am no, I am definitely not saying that. And if you're in an abusive situation, get out. If you're in yeah. something that somebody is treating you emotionally, um, abusing you, or physically abusing you, or cheating on you, and all that narcissistic abuse, mm-hmm. get out. Like if you can get out, I ain't saying that, but I'm telling you what God told me. What he told me because he already saw on the other side that my ex was already planning to 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 step out. He knew it was going to happen quick. That did not happen. It wasn't a long drawn out time. It all happened so quickly. The moment I found out from a dream, I confronted him on it. He denied it. God confirmed it. I had proof, and it was I showed him. He left, and then wow. he fired. So it's like it was so quick um, yeah. and so unbelievable <laughs> that um, yeah. He didn't leave me like, if it would have gone too long, me and God would have been, I've been like, now I'm going to have to go ahead and dis- disobey you, God, because uh, <laughs> you like no fool now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, he he did that. And I was mad at God for that too. Y'all, I was mad. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even get to have my moment to, spy, to, to serve him. You know, I want to be able to be like, take my power back. You know, mm-hmm. then I didn't even, I had to have a divorce via Zoom. Like, Oh God, I didn't even think about that because the pandemic is still going on. I didn't even wear no fur coat with the sunglasses. I wanted to look like Cookie Line going in. (laughs) I want to look snatched. Make him regret ever hurting me. I didn't even get that. But y'all, I still put on a whole show via Zoom. I had shades on and everything, all black. I was like, it's a funeral. And I was like, (laughs) the whole video, the whole Zoom, I'm like, Girl, you are funny, and I know I love the extraness because that would have totally been me. We here extra. What is your enneagram? Because I just feel a kindredness. I can't remember. I think is it a nine? What is it? I don't even know off the top of my head. I don't even know. I got to look back at the the test that I took. But yes, girl, I was extra. When I tell you I was extra, I sat there and I was like, (laughs) I had the tissues on deck. He cheated on me, Judge, Your Honor. With my friend, baby. Now, let's clarify something with that, too. So the person he's married to now is is not your friend or is? No. Ooh. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to laugh at the <laughs> That was a good little Patty Wendy Williams moment. How you doing, friend? No. Not you stole my whole husband. And then he, he left it up with somebody else. He ended up, sorry, he ended up... Um, Cheating on her with someone else that he found on Instagram, and now they married. Girl, okay, so that's don't be. Yeah, I had to clear that up. <laughs> no, it's not the same person. But she wanted to marry him. She told everybody he they were engaged. Wow, the original girl. Yeah, who was so she divorced her husband. Oh, and, right, because she was married too. Oh. Yeah, it's a it was a big mess. Wow, was, I felt like I was watching something. Like I didn't feel like. I was the person in it. I was like, what is this foolishness? So don't ever get too secure in your situation and, and too uh, mm-hmm. bold where you and, and bougie. And my relationship is so this. You better pray over that relationship every single day. That's you real. better not feel like you so fine that nobody won't ever, uh, won't ever cheat on you. Like, cause Satan is so sneaky. And the person, yeah. and they always go down. They always like, Go that's a level true. down, you know. So it's not like I'm so fine. Yeah, you are so fine, but that—that's not what it is. It's a spiritual attack. 
So yeah. be smart about it and pray over your relationship. Don't get so caught up in doing ministry that you don't cover your own such your own situation, your own family. I was covering my family, but I could have done even more because I knew that the calling on our lives was so great. Yeah, I should have yeah. been even more intentional with it. But don't get too comfortable now. Keep yourself looking spruce. And I ain't saying try to keep your man, but it goes same for the men too. Like y'all take care of y'all because I've heard of plenty of, since I've taught, told people about this story, so many men and women have come out to me to say that my spouse cheated on me. Like, so it's wow. happening on both sides. Yeah. But a lot of them, a lot of us always talk about how we let ourselves go. And it's not our fault. It's not your fault that someone cheats and has a wandering eye. But we can do things as far as prayer spiritually, but also mm-hmm. physically, like take care of yourself, keep yourself looking good, smelling good, and feeling good for yourself. Yeah. Because that self-confidence means more than anything. And it trans it translates in your confidence, even in your marriage. So, girl, it's a girl, I got to ask you one last question because I don't want to keep you all day. Oh. But when we when most of us have traumatic breakups or whatever, and we do the divorce, boop, 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 it's over. We get to move on with our lives. This is a little different because you all still have a child together. So how have you been navigating that? Because it's not like you can just never speak to him again. You guys have to communicate at some point for things regarding your daughter, even though, you know, she's in college and she's grown. But no, we have to no even getting her to college. Like, but I still had to file as a single parent, which something I never thought I would have to do Mm -hmm. was like get my daughter enrolled in school as a single parent. Like. No, I do not like him. I love him for the sake of, of Jesus, but that's it. I don't like him. So, like, I still don't. I'm still Girl. healing. I don't care. He looks since you, because he likes to say, since you so healed. I'm like, who said I was healed? I'm not, honey. I am still Like, handy. you can still catch these hands now. <laughs> Stay far, far away, okay? Stay away, because I'm still human. Like, yeah. if used to flip tables when he was mad, I can show so like yeah. yeah things came up even with the the his new wife wanting to come to my daughter getting moved in the ca- and on campus I'm like she didn't have anything to do with her life I don't want her to be there when I'm there if she wants to come with you then we got to stagger our time like I do not yeah. I, I don't like that man it's not amicable like you can't for anybody out here that's like going through a divorce or something like that if you want it to be amicable on the other side make sure that you start it amicably like yeah. you can't because you want to sweep things under a rug and act like it didn't happen. And you want to put in your mind that this was an amicable situation yeah. to make yourself feel better. Like it doesn't work that way. You have to actually repent for what you've done. You have to actually own what you've done for the person to just let it go and work well with you. you now yeah. we work together in some regards, but for a long time I had him blocked. I have nothing to say to him. Like, because primarily I was too focused on trying to heal and fix my life and get reestablished that I didn't want to talk to him. He tried to destroy me. And in a lot of ways, he did destroy that old version of me, you know? And so hopefully I'll get to a place where I can be cool with him. I don't know. But right now, I don't ever want to be his friend. I don't ever want to go to dinner with him. I don't tend, I don't speak negatively to him about, I mean, to my daughter, you know, um, but she's old enough that she sees things on her own, you know, but I don't, I don't have an interest in pretending like a lot of church folks do. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, stay away from me, sir. (laughs) 
don't text me, don't call me. No, you're blocked on all of my social media. No, you need to let him see your glow up. No, then because I might accidentally see his and I'm not interested. Like, you know, so I'm just, I'm not interested. Yeah. So I, to protect my peace, I stay far away. That's real. That's, and I'm glad you said that. And this is why I wanted to have these real conversations because I don't want people to feel that's going through this, that they have to have a pristine churchy reaction to everything. No. It's, I mean, if you're having real raw human emotions, you don't need to. A lot of times when people do narcissistic stuff, they feel like they have a, um, like they get to dictate to you how your response should be. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then I'm not saying like he did this. I'm just like in general. Oh, he, but he this. did do that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a textbook narcissism handbook. And I don't know what's worse, narcissist or Christian narcissist, because then they'll try to make you feel like you aren't being a good Christian if you don't talk to me. Like if you don't talk to me or you don't whatever they want you to do, then you didn't forgive and you can forgive people and never speak to them again. Exactly. You can. I think the Christian narcissist is way more toxic. Yeah. They're able to lace scripture into their narcissism. Yeah. Well, they need to try to justify their narcissism and to try to make you speed up your healing process when no person is going to speed up my healing process because I'm still triggered daily. Now, am I triggered the same way that I'm triggered that I was triggered a year ago? No. But yeah. like I am still triggered by things and I'm not going to lie because God knows my heart already and he knows that I don't want to be triggered anymore and, and I'm doing the work to not be triggered anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like a narcissist that's a Christian wants to say you know that you're supposed to love and you da 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 and you have to do this and da da da, da and like mm-hmm. like God what does God feel about this well, my God is just fine with me me and my mm-hmm. God talk I just got finished talking to him and he said you're doing good girl you know so like yeah so you have your own personal relationship so that you're not puppeted by people's narcissism or uh spiritual bypassing because that's yeah. a big thing where you try to bypass things with um Christian rhetoric just just all kinds of things so yeah it's 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 a real thing so guard your hearts daily and and don't feel like you have to um be a certain way because everybody's going to grieve differently now that didn't give me an excuse to do anything crazy because i did not do anything crazy even though i feel like i would have been a little justified i'm proud of you because i don't think i would have made it (laughs) i haven't slashed a tire i haven't punched anybody even though you want some more little tea real quick, the original girl actually tried to file a, a restraining order on me. She got scared. Ain't that crazy how you do something to me and you get scared? I ain't, Now listen, Nikia, I have never had a fight in my life, but because she was so paranoid for what she had done to me, she was scared and filed a restraining order on me and the judge threw it out because I never, I've never attacked this woman. So it's like, it's just, do you see how like, and it How you gonna try to be out here taking people man and be scary? <laughs> you better wear your big big girl draws and and really do the thing if you're gonna do the thing. Right. Got scared. Got completely scared and tried to buy one of them. And I wasn't even thinking about her. I haven't I haven't seen her. I don't look her up. And that's another thing. I block anything to do with the situation because yeah. I noticed anytime I saw anything that 
reflected or reminded me of it. It triggered me in a negative way and made me sad for the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to see her social. I don't want to see her ex-husbands. I don't want to see anybody that's connected to her, even though they were my friends. If you're still friends with her, I'm actually blocking you too. No shade, no hard feelings. I'm protecting my peace at all costs because I know I'm about to snap. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that kind of stuff. I'm about to snap because I always used to say, you mess with my man, my, my baby or my money, it's over for you. And, yeah. and this person really did mess with all of that. And so, um, so I, I mean, I, I felt like I was about to snap, so I had to protect my peace. So this doesn't give you a license to go crazy on people, mm-hmm. um, but it does give you permission to feel whatever you feel, but do whatever you need to do to maintain peace. It makes a lot of sense. So what is you, girl? First of all, thank you for this because you are helping so many people. And I want to talk about that as our last wrap up. Like, what is Jay doing now? Because I saw that you became a John Maxwell coach. And yes. so you are helping people in multiple ways. Tell us about that and some other things yes. that you're up to. Yes. Like we've mentioned before, I am the co-host of the Talk It Out podcast and on Enjoying Everyday Life for Joyce Myers. So I talk about my life and my day to day and my mm. spiritual journey, the whole thing on the podcast. But I also... Uh, do some creative production for John Maxwell. And I'm certified as a um, speaker and and leadership coach through John Maxwell. So I go around and coach, uh, train one-on-one coaching, but mostly it's more focused towards leadership coaching. Yeah. um, Build the leadership inside of you. But I do do some life coaching as well. But yeah, I'm helping people as much as possible. I'm writing a book currently. I'm writing a new album. Okay. Uh, Helping other people write albums. So seriously, like... Pouring back out and sharing my story in creative ways is um, something that and 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 trying to find the 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 light at the end of the tunnel to, yes. to hope at the end of it, even though it's a mess, you know, um, is is my goal right now. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about all of that, and please tell everyone how they can connect with you, how they can find out more about what you're doing. Yeah, and y'all got to follow her on social media because. <laughs> One, she's hilarious, and two, she will bless you. If you love this discussion, you will love her post as well. But go thank ahead. You, thank you. Please follow me on social media. Um, I change my social handles all the time, but right now it's uh, on Instagram. That's the primary one that you can find me on is on Instagram. It's at JTalks, so J-A-I-T-A-L-K-S, um, at JTalks. And if you click on the link, you'll be able to connect with me on all the other social media platforms. So there's Good. a link, free link on there. Just mm. follow me on that and then go through all the other stuff. And you can see the Joyce Meyer stuff, John Maxwell stuff, um, music stuff. Everything that I'm doing um, is on there. So, yeah, my website is justj.com. So, J-U-S-T-J-A-I.com. If you would like to book me for a podcast or to bring me in to speak or to coach or to help you write a song, hit up booking at justj.com. Thank you so much. I am so grateful to you for coming on and talking to us today. I have thoroughly enjoyed this very real, refreshing, hilarious, and necessary discussion. And I appreciate you once again, Jay, everybody. 